All right, what's going on, guys? I want to give you something actionable today. Your follow-up process needs help. Okay, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to resuscitate it. I'm here to give it some life. And what we need to do at this point in time is stop treating following up as this thing that we randomly do with no direction. I'm going to give you my follow-up strategy that shouldn't be this extra thing. This should actually be part of your sales process. And one of the points that I make in here is that I treat my follow-up as I do actually the process of us painting a house. There's a process to it and we have to do it, right? That's part of our business. Same thing with our follow-up. I treat our follow-up the same way that I treat doing estimates. Okay. We have a process in place, the questions we ask, the way that we go about it. So following up is part of your sales process. So you should be doing this as much as possible on almost every single estimate that you do. Um, you should be following up and that's what we're going to cover. So I give you my entire follow-up process in today's episode. So tune in and be prepared to listen to the whole thing and then take action and actually implement what I teach you today. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, guys? Okay, in today's episode, I want to talk to you about a crucial aspect of your business. And in my business, this has been an absolute game changer for me, really because I know that this principle right here is not only an attribute to a successful business, but I believe it's a necessity, not just a successful business, but a successful salesperson. We're going to talk about the art of following up. Now, here's my Here's my underlying phrase, golden nugget for you to carry with you as you are on your business journey, and that is, and you may have heard it before, the fortune is in the follow-up. Now, I'm a huge proponent of following up. Actually, the software that you guys know that uh, we're working on, Drip Jobs, that is one of the main functionalities of the software is following up. Following up is communication. Following up is connecting. Following up is building a relationship. Following up is creating urgency, moving the needle. These things are what get our customers to act. It's what gets our customers to move forward. Following up is the reason I've been able to create a business that is always in positive momentum is always moving. The schedule is always full, thankfully. So let's talk about following up. And I, I really want you to kind of retract back to what I was saying about following up, about how following up is a good thing. And and I think we have to get rid of the old mentality of following up, of following up is annoying. Following up comes across as desperate. Following up comes across as I need the work. Help me. No, of course not. I follow up with a different attitude. 
And I'm going to share that with you. So in today's episode, let's dive into following up. I'm going to give you my following up strategy. I'm going to give you the things that you need to do before you follow up. I'm going to give you the tools that you need. So when you do follow up, you are dialed in, you are prepared, you're professional, and you can start this process from uh, all the way from A to B, knock it out and move the needle for your customers. So let's talk about yesterday. Uh, my daughter, she had a doctor's appointment and you know I always love to go to the doctor's appointment, but with COVID, one parent can go in. It sucks. So I hang out in the car and in the car, you know, I have some downtime and I'm the type of person, you know, my downtime is business time. Let What can I do in my business during my downtime to make it uptime? And for me, it's following up. So first thing I do, boom, I go to my estimates that I've sent and I'm like, all right, so first of all, which jobs do I want that we've given estimates for, right? So all of us have jobs that we just want, our ideal jobs. For me, three-day exteriors, four-day interiors. Obviously, you know, we have bigger teams, so anything I could do to fill up our schedule is key. So those three-day jobs are great. The margins on them have to be a certain margin, and the job type has to be a certain job type. So I had the ideal job that I that I gave an estimate for. So I knew that this was the job that I wanted to follow up with. So let's start with your pre-follow-up checklist that's going to allow you to make sure that when you do follow up, you do it with purpose. You're not just following up and aimlessly having a conversation. As a business, everything that you do needs to be dialed in, right? You can't just, you know, have an aimless conversation with somebody and expect a really, a you know, a systemized result. For me, you know, I look at it, you know, like any process in our business. I look at following up the same way I look at painting a house. I look at following up the same way as giving an estimate. You know, I don't just aimlessly give an estimate. I don't just aimlessly have my guys paint a house. So when it comes to following up, my system is dialed in. I do the same thing every time. Part of my follow-up strategy comes from my background in sales. So I'm able to give this to you with the perspective of I've done the hard work. I've probably made over four to 5,000 follow-up calls since I started actually selling things, you know, early on in my work life. So for me, there's nothing anyone can say to convince me that following up doesn't work. Following up starts with number one, a belief. Okay, let's start there. You've got to have a belief that what you're following up with is a value and that what you're doing has some value attached to it that's going to make the individual on the other side of the follow-up achieve their goal, okay? So the belief there has to resonate through the phone, has to resonate through the message. However it is that you're communicating with the person on the other side, you have to have a certain level of confidence that the follow-up is going to achieve help them achieve their goal, okay? So that's the overarching um, characteristic of, of following up is that we wanna make sure that we're helping somebody achieve something. And although we're receiving a benefit, you know, the, the, whole, the whole interaction itself needs to be about the customer achieving their goal, okay? So let's talk about your pre-follow-up checklist. Now, some people say, well, Tanner, I don't wanna come across as annoying. I don't wanna come across as desperate. I don't want to come across as needy. Okay, good. Me either. Right. So it all starts with the approach. Now, if I made a phone call to somebody and said, Hey, Mrs. Jones, um, um, ha have you had a chance to, to review the, the quote? Um, 
you know, we could really use the work Monday. And, and I, I just wanted to know if you wanted to go with us desperate, right? Of course, you know, that's not how we approach follow-ups. That would be like going to an estimate and saying, okay, Hey, yeah, this is um, going to be um, $2,000. Can you give a deposit today? You know, like that sort of thing, right? No, we can't do that, right? That's not the type of business we want, right? And hopefully we're never in that position. So essentially we have to have a different approach of how we start the follow-up that sets the sales of what direction the conversation is going to go in, what the mood is. Okay. A lot of people don't follow up because they're apprehensive of, apprehensive of rejection. And, and if you're apprehensive of rejection, you're not going to do it. So we need to be confident about our follow-up strategy that says this is in the best interest of my customer. So before we even make the call, we know that this follow-up is going to benefit our customer. It's either going to get them to say yes or it's going to give them some benefit that's going to get them closer to their goal. So let's start off with the first thing I say when I follow up with somebody. And I'm going to kind of do a little role play here. Hey, Mrs. Jones, it's Tanner with Premium Painting. We spoke yesterday. Hey, I was just double checking to make sure that you didn't have any questions on the proposal that we sent over to you. Did that come across as desperate? No. Obviously, my goal is to get them to say yes, but they don't know that just yet. The first thing I want to do is make sure that their questions are answered to make sure that this thing that they're hiring me for, which they probably haven't hired somebody for to do in over 10 years, okay, we're making sure that, you know, there's no out, outline, outline, outline questions that are going to stop them from moving forward. This is part of the process. You know, some of us do a beautiful estimate. We'll go, we'll spend almost an hour outlining all the beautiful details of what our you know, team can do and what we do and all these wonderful things and the products that we use. I, I was in the, you know, I, I, I remember sitting in the driveway for an hour, just hammering out information to people and all that is wonderful. But as soon as that price and that proposal comes, all that stuff goes out the door. And it's not saying that you did a poor job. It's just, okay, the price sometimes creates a little bit of a, you know, sticker shock especially us good quality businesses that have high costs. Now, you have to also understand that people sometimes see that price and then say, well, why are they so high in comparison to the other quotes that I got? Has that happened to us? Yes. Okay, so we want to be there to facilitate that thought that our customer is having rather than them make their own conclusions. So it's important to get that follow-up done immediately, okay, guys? Here's the thing. I'll send an estimate at 2 o'clock. I'll follow up at 6 o'clock. I'll send an estimate the day before. I'll follow up the day after. I want to make sure there is not much time in between the time that I send that proposal to the time that they make their own conclusion as to why my price is what it is, okay? We don't want to leave it up to them. We want to be the facilitator of that information. So that's the first question. Do you have any questions? So that's how we make it to where we're not desperate. We're not needy. We're not pushy. Okay. This is me being a facilitator for the customer. I'm, I'm offering a service. My service is information at this point for this customer. And if you've done this, okay, you know what kind of response you get when you ask that question. Usually it's a surprise because they're like, whoa, the contractor's following up with me on a proposal. What in the world? My homeowners out there, how many of us actually hired contractors and 
you know, we know that the communication is so poor that it's almost like we need to follow up with them. Okay. I've even had customers say, Tanner, I'm actually waiting for my proposal. I'm going to follow up with the contractor tomorrow. I'm like, you're following up with the contractor. Usually it's the other way around, you know, just making a joke. So I'm at the point now where in my business, I recognize is following up is part of our sales process. It's not something that we just do just to do it. It's actually part of fulfilling the sales process, right? So that is what you need to do in your business because following up really just does a couple of different things. And before I get into our checklist again, I just want to make sure you know that following up builds a greater relationship, builds more trust, helps the customer get to know you a little better, helps them see how professional you are. Okay. So if our competition is going to an estimate and they're doing an estimate and that's their only touch point, their only interaction. Well, guess what? We have a leg up because not only are we doing an estimate, we have that added touch point of doing that follow-up, having a conversation. And as I was saying, you know, if you've done this, you know, the reaction to follow-ups is very, very positive as opposed to me being in car sales, doing a follow-up it's very, very negative. Okay. But when it comes to home service, it's unexpected and what's unexpected is appreciated. And this is one of those things. So don't think of it as something that's annoying. I need you to try this. I need you to start following up with every single estimate you do. Stop coming up with preconceived ideas as what people would think about it. I'm telling you it works. I do this for every single estimate I sent. And this is not only just because I want to sell jobs, it's really truly because I, I want to help continue to educate my customer. Okay. And that's also super important. So number two, if you're going to make a follow-up call, be prepared to negotiate. Okay. We're not just calling to just like, you know, have a, have a conversation. We're calling for a purpose. My, my call is to lock in the deal. Okay. And I need to be prepared and I need to be quick. I can't sit there and hesitate. When you hesitate with a follow-up, then the, the momentum is lost. It's kind of like an in-person sale, but the follow-up is a sales interaction on its own. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. If we have a job that we're giving an estimate, let's say it's 10 grand. I need to know that the margin on that job is a certain margin. Okay. Let's say it's 50% at 10 grand. Okay. Now let's say that I want to really sell this job. It's a perfect job for us. It's a five day job for the week, whatever. Okay. And I do this follow up in my head. I'm locking in. Okay. Here I'm at 10 grand and I'll have the proposal in front of me. Okay. I won't just guess, you know, I'll have this proposal ready to go. It's, it's on my phone screen as I'm making the call. Very important. Okay. The second thing is, is we need to understand that we have to have a bottom, a middle, and a top line price in any estimate that we give, okay? And this is something that I teach in our sales course, but more, more so important for you to really just make this another part of your sales process. Everything is negotiable, guys. At the end of the day, we could break even on jobs and still do them and move on to the next one. So there's always room. And really, we used this little bit of room for negotiation leverage. And that negotiation leverage, okay, guys, we know what leverage is. It moves things with a little extra force. That's what this does. So I use negotiation leverage in my follow-ups if I need to 
to move things forward. So with that being said, you need to know your top, your bottom, your middle line price. And now I, we're not going to get into negotiation too much, but I'm just going to say that our middle line price here is $9,500. Okay. So I lock in that middle line price in my mind before I even make the phone call. So first thing is I'm preparing for this phone call by knowing what my margins are, having the proposal in front of me. Okay. So I can be quick when the customer does come back to me with a question. I'm not sitting there searching for a proposal coming across unprofessional. The next thing, knowing the why of the customer. Okay. Again, another piece of my sales process. The sales process is this understand the customer's motivation because there's a few different motivations that customers can have. I will make sure that real quick, we dive into a couple of them. So you see what I'm saying. Number one, somebody could be moving into a house. So the urgency to get it done is a lot quicker than somebody who's been living in the house for 20 years and never had it painted and is finally ready to update the thing. Okay. The motivation is I need to move in this house. I can't move in until you paint it. So hello, we can use that as leverage. So it's good to know that why of the customer before we make the call. Know your availability to take on the project. Again, we want to avoid having to do any searches for things then questions that come up while we're on the phone. So we want to make sure we know our margin, have our proposal in front of us. Uh, number two, we want to make sure we know the why of the customer, the underlying motivation for them to get the job done and the expected outcome. And number number three, we want to know our availability to take on the project. We got to have those things locked in before we even make the call. Okay. Now let's talk about our during call checklist. Okay. We got to go through this checklist and hopefully this will give us a desired result. All right, so number one, we discuss what our approach is, what our intro is. Do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? Opens up the floodgates. It opens up the door to, hey, I'm ready and willing to answer whatever you have. Now we have our proposal in front of us. We have all of the things ready to go. Okay, now 50-50 here, guys. 50% of people are going to say, actually, yes, Tanner, I did have a question. Okay. Now the beauty of this is when you follow up, some other estimate may have come in in the meantime. So she or he may ask you a question in relation to that other estimate. Okay. No problem. Now you're able to kind of say, oh, actually we don't do that because of this or, oh, I would be careful with what they're offering because the way that we do it is this way. So you're able to separate yourself from the competition as you answer these questions or, Hey, it could be a question about your start date. Oh, actually, just so you know, boom, you have your schedule right in front of you. Oh, um, yes, we do have a question. Do we need to do X, Y, Z for colors is paint included. I get that one all the time. Um, so all these questions are going to come up and the first goal of yours should be to answer the questions and educate the customer. Okay. The next thing we need to do super important after the questions have been asked. Okay. We need to ask for the business, right? So, okay, if the questions have been answered, what's stopping us? So the question should be, are you prepared to move forward with us? And then they may say, guess what? Um, are you prepared to move forward with us? And they may say, guess what? Yes, I am prepared to move forward with you. You know, let's 
you know, let's get started on this process. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is not horrible is, well, no, I still need some time. Okay. And it's up to you how urgent you want the job or what the need is. You may say, okay, no problem. Or you might just go into that next step of, you know, reiterating the why asking for the budget, building value, bridging the gap, closing the deal. That's what we're going to get into next. So we have our question. We've answered our question. Now you may say, Hey, do you have any questions? And the customer may say, no, Tanner, you know, it's a little bit higher than what we were thinking. I appreciate it. Oh, um, okay. Well, well, no problem. Um, well, what do you say then? Some of us will retreat. Some of us will say, Oh, um, okay. Well, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And knowing deep inside, like you want to be able to communicate to that customer, hey, I, I, I can help. And you don't want to come across like cheap or like you feel like you scam them by giving them a higher price. So what do we do? We come across as if we're here to surf and we are. And my thing is, is that the first thing you need to do is understand what the budget is. Once we get the number that we gave them, once we give that price, okay, we have to understand that as a as a business owner remember our job is to educate and inform so once they receive that price we have to justify that price and some people just say okay some people need further justification right so i'll give you an example of what happened yesterday i made a follow up call to somebody this is the answer he gave me tanner Thank you so much for the estimate. And and I could tell he was genuine. It's just a little bit higher than what we were we were expecting to pay. I appreciate it. He didn't expect me to come back. He just was like, I can hear it in his voice. He 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 was like, you know, it's just not gonna work. And I went to number two on our list of, you know, follow-up checkpoints, which was ask what that budget is. We've got to find out what that budget is. If we don't know what that budget is, then we don't know how far away we really are. And I do this so religiously because there have been so many times where the budget was like a couple hundred dollars less than what I actually gave them a quote for. And that was crazy. So once that started occurring, I'm like, let me find out what this budget is at the very least. So they might say, yeah, Tanner's just a little bit higher than what I was going to pay. I say, oh, oh, okay, no problem. Well, I really appreciate you telling me that. And may I just ask you, you know, what was the budget for the project? Okay, that's our that's our number two right there. All right, asking what that budget is. I came in at sixty two fifty, sixty three fifty. So he's like, well, Tanner, I wanted to be between five and fifty five hundred. So I already knew in my head that my my middle line price was 5,900. Okay. That would have put us at a 45% profit margin on this job. Okay. So all I'm thinking in my head is, okay, he said five to 5,500. I'm only 400 bucks away from making a deal here. So what do I need to do? I need to bridge the gap. Okay. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, all I need to do is build $400 worth of value. And I have myself a deal here. Okay. And he's probably thinking that, you know, we're out of the park. I'm seeing a deal right here. I'm ready to go. Okay. So what did I do after I asked the budget? The next question was, well, may I ask, where did you come up with that budget? And he said that he had his house painted in New York and that's what he paid. Okay. So he made a reference point of his last experience. Then I said, well, what was that experience like for you, if you don't mind me asking? And it turned into, oh, well, you know, 
two guys came and they did it and they painted and I said, oh, that's awesome. Well, obviously, you know that everyone does things a little bit differently. Okay. So I just kind of circled back to building value. Okay. Building value about us and what his investment in us would be. And I talked about how we provide four painters on the job. And I went into our supervisor responsibility on the job. And I went into all of those intangible things for him to know that we provide a different experience than what he had before. And I'm framing it as, even though I know it is, a better experience. When somebody has a better experience, it's worth paying what? More. So that's when we got into building value. Okay. So here's what I did. I asked the first question, do you have any questions? The second thing I did, I asked what the budget was after I was told that the reason that he didn't go with us was because of price. And the third thing I did is I asked about a previous experience. What's, what is the reference point? Some people at that point in time will tell you that not a previous experience, but other estimates. And you can dive into what the difference is between you and the other companies or however you want to approach it. Okay. In any case, we had to get to building value. So what does building value do? It bridges the gap. Okay. So as I'm, I'm explaining this, hopefully I'm helping him see like, okay, wow, this company is professional. And not only that, I'm on the phone with the guy as the business owner, helping him see that that's building value. Like all these things are building value simply because I made a follow-up. Okay, so once we've done that, we've earned the ability to negotiate. Okay, because we've set the stage for the negotiation. Now, before we do that, though, we want to highlight one more very, very important thing what's the why of the individual? Okay, and every time I have Chris go do an estimate, I make sure he gets me the why. That's one of his questions that he needs to present to me. Why do they want the house painted? He's been in the house for X amount of years. The house is beautiful, immaculate, but the paint job is so shabby. So I know that for him, he's desiring a look, an outcome, right? He's desiring longevity, okay? He doesn't want to do this again. So what did I do? I said, real quick, Mr. Thomas, I just want you to know that I have every intention of making sure that this is a long-lasting paint job for you. Your house is beautiful. Your landscape is immaculate. I want you to know that not only are we going to paint your house, we're going to create a great experience for you. I've already made a note for my guys to be very mindful of your beautiful landscape. And not only that, Mr. Thomas, I'm going to use a product that has a 25-year warranty, and I'm going to add a seven-year warranty on our work in case anything happens that would compromise this paint job, you know that we'll take care of it. And I just want you to know that I value your house and my guys have a motto. We treat every home like it's our own. And he said, wow, you know, that's great. I appreciate that. So I said, with that said, you know, may I ask you a question? And that's how I framed it right there, bridged in from aligning with his greatest value. I bridged right in. May I ask you a question? Okay. And obviously we're stretching this out guys. This is a lot shorter of a phone call, you know, but I'm trying to dive into as much detail as I can. May I ask you a question? Sure. Well, Mr. Thomas, you know, we're not that far away. So I'm helping him perceive 
the idea that we aren't far away. <laughs> We're really not, but I'll always say that. We're not that far away. I really want to earn your business. Part of my job as a business owner is to ensure that my team has a full schedule. Okay, so what am I doing? I'm showcasing that I'm being a responsible business owner. I'm caring for others, which I am. We have an opening at the end of March, okay? That's why it was important to have my schedule ready, know exactly what dates. We have an opening the last three days of March, and your job would be a perfect fit for us. I really, really want to do your job. If I lower my price, to $5,900 and meet you in the middle, would you allow me to earn your business today? After doing all that, he pauses for a second and he says, hold on one second. Let me talk to my wife. Boom. Right there. I knew it was a deal. I'm silent. I don't say anything. He comes back on the phone. He says, okay, Tanner, what's the next steps? I'm excited. Thank you for working with me on the price. I'm making 45% on the job. This would have never happened if I didn't do a follow-up. This is how valuable following up is. But the reason we're not following up is because we don't have a strategy. Okay. Remember, number one, our pre-follow-up checklist. Know your margin before you make the call. Identify your your price that you want to hit. Middle and bottom line price. Know the why of the customer. Know the reason, guys. You, you, you heard me identify the why of this individual, okay? Longevity, the experience is really important to him. Cleanliness. Know your availability to take on the project. So I was able to use that at the end to create urgency, okay? Or during follow-up checklist, do you have any questions? If the answer is yes, go into the questions. Educate the customer. If the answer is no and they're concerned about price, ask what that budget is. Find out what the re- the reference point is for that budget. Build value. Create new beliefs. Bridge the gap between what their budget is and what your price is. And finding out what that previous experience was and building value is what's going to do that. Okay. Or that reference point, that other estimate they got and showcasing why you're different. Bridges the gap. Helps them see that you're worth paying more. Okay. Next, asking that question. Would you allow me to earn your business today? Creating urgency, okay? And then closing the deal. And that's how we do it. That's the follow-up strategy that you need in in your business to train your salespeople to do it yourself. The fortune is in the follow-up. This is a strategy that you need to be using on every single estimate that you do. So that's what I got for you. I hope you got something out of it. This is a really, really powerful episode that you can actually take this information and do it today. Don't wait. Go through your estimates that you've given in the last week. Pick up the phone and do this and get better at it. Make sure you fail a few times. That's okay. Make sure you fumble on the phone a few times. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Go on to the next one. All right, so that's what I got for you. If you have any questions on this or if you would like me to just personally go through it with you on a business breakthrough, let me know. Um, Not a problem. Reach out to me. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good one. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, 
find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.